Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Why would you ever tell her to comb my hair? How thick is that? You f***ing love this girl so much that you're going to f***ing just let it hurt me? Um, for what? For what? You're a real f***ing asshole. I'm like f***ing freaked out. Who does that? It's crazy. This is your f***ing friend. This is who you want to associate with? She just threw you under the bus in front of the f***ing world. To save her own f***ing ass. How sick is that? Wow. You have been going bad for her since day one. And look what the f- she just did to you. Wow. I mean, I, I feel bad. I hope they don't use this. They are going to use it. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. I apologize. This Housewives recap is out a little bit late, a wee bit late, but it's for good reason. I've been recording a couple extra episodes for you guys. Number one, I'm going to be doing a Jessica Simpson episode about her book. Uh, that will be coming very, very soon. Uh, I just recorded it. I still have to edit and all that kind of stuff, but it will be out very soon because we need to break that down. I was trying to wait until people would have a chance to read it, but it was a fantastic book. So Hannah Brown, who you guys know has been on the show before, she came over and we're just, we talked all about it. So that will be out very soon. And then also, I don't know if you guys remember, but around the holidays, I did a spinoff holiday Christmas podcast with my friend Jenna Brister. And we've been dying to just get back together to record something. So we were trying to do like another holiday episode. So we were trying to tackle another holiday. So we decided to tackle St. Patrick's Day, which is upcoming. It's in March. And so we recapped the movie P.S. I Love You. So that will be coming very soon on the other podcast feed. So if you search A Very Merry Iconic Podcast and subscribe, that episode will be out very soon. And I don't know if you guys have seen P.S. I Love You, but it's really crazy. <laughs> it's like an insane movie starring Hilary Swank, who I love, and then Gerard Butler, who's doing some very aggressive accent work. He's doing an Irish accent. And he's sort of a ghost, so he's just walking around the whole movie like, I've written your letters. He's like, <laughs> Sounding like a leprechaun. I've written you letters. Uh, but it's really an insane movie. So that will be out very, very soon. So we got a lot of stuff. That's that's it. But today we are going to be talking about The Real Houses of New Jersey, the finale. We're going to start with that. And then we're going to talk The Real Houses of Atlanta. The Jersey finale was great. I thought it was fantastic. It did feel like two different shows. It was like... The ending the season with the whole cast, and then we had a whole separate show halfway through where Tree and the girls went to Italy to see Joe. Um, but we'll get there in just a second. I do want to remind you guys that the live shows uh, all throughout March, I'll be on tour, and I hope to see all of you. I'm so excited. There are still very limited availability for tickets in Dallas, but please get them if you're in Dallas or surrounding Dallas. I think it's going to be a really, really fun show. Uh, the rest of the dates are sold out. I'm so excited to see you guys. And there'll be new merch at the show. If you guys want t-shirts, we have hats. 
And some of that stuff is on everythingiconic.store. So if you go to everythingiconic.store on the World Wide Web, you can get that. Um, I've, re- I've made your merch. I don't know. I can't do it. I don't know why now I just want to do that Irish accent. But um, I don't even think Gerard Butler is Irish. He's like Scottish or something. But in that movie, he just sounds like he swallowed a spoonful of peanut butter and started doing his best Lucky Charms accent. <laughs> I've written your letters. <laughs> it's like so... <laughs> Sorry, you guys. I don't know why that's the only line that I could think of from the movie. Um, it's an insane movie, but I also love it. I read the book, too. It's based on a book. Neither here nor there, though. The point is, uh, everythingiconic.store for the new merch. We'll be adding more soon. Uh, and then at the live shows, you can get all that stuff as well. So let's talk about The Real Houses of New Jersey. We open on that scene between Danielle and Melissa at the Jersey Shore. Danielle saying that Tree and the guy who ran that shop told Danielle to pull Margaret's hair. And then we see the footage. So the producers throw Teresa right under that bus. And I'm very excited about it, but it feels like a weird finale, doesn't it? It sort of felt like, wait, we're still at the Jersey Shore and we're going to be doing the finale here? Uh, it was... It was very strange to me, but the producers did throw Teresa under the bus, and I like that they're doing that with all the OGs. I feel like that happened on Orange County. Of course, we saw Vicky sort of malfunction at the Orange County reunion, and then Leanne, we saw her malfunction at the Dallas reunion. It seems like production is finally like, well, we're just going to show you warts and all of these OGs, and I'm really here for it. I think it's a fantastic look for these shows. Although, by the end of the episode, I was, like, really liking Teresa. So, I, while they did throw her under the bus, it didn't feel like it swayed me too much away from her. But uh, we will get there, you guys. Did you see, by the way, that Margaret was on Watch What Happens Live with what I like to say is a brand new face? It, she had a brand new face. I don't know what she did, but she looks fantastic. And I love that... Andy just casually asked her. Andy was like, today on the show, we have Margaret Josephs from The Real Houses of New Jersey. Marge, you get new teeth? <laughs> yeah, I got new teeth. <laughs> like, what kind of crazy show are we watching? Like, this all is so stupid. <laughs> he just so casually in conversations, you get new teeth? And it was like, what? Why are we asking people this? And Margaret, of course, is just like, yeah, I got new teeth. What I did it last week. These are my temps. She had temporary veneers on. All the housewives, they get the new teeth, and that it's always surprising to my eyes, because it, you can't make heads or tails of those teeth. They always have to do the temporary veneers, and then they get the permanent veneers. But the temporary ones look like chiclets in their mouth. Like, it never looks proper. Marge's actually, I thought, looked the best out of anyone I've seen. But remember that one season where Kyle and Lisa Vanderpump, they all came back with the new teeth, and it was just like, uh, did something happen on my screen? I was like adjusting it, and it turns out, no, they just got the temporary veneers, and then the permanent veneers. But it's always very surprising. And Andy just like so casually in conversation, what other talk show is that happening on? Like, I don't think Ellen is like, did you get new teeth to Oprah when she's interviewing her on the Ellen DeGeneres? But Andy's just like, here we are. Welcome to Watch What Happens Live. Did you get a new face? And then so casually, the guest just says, yeah, I did it last week. (laughs) So stupid. So stupid. So on this episode, I'm not even sure that I'm needed to recap this episode of The Real House of New Jersey, because Dolores was truly doing that for us throughout the entire episode. There was one moment where Dolores just peered out of nowhere and was like narrating what was happening, and I didn't even see her there. She was like on a staircase sitting down, and she just narrates for all of us. That's Dolores' whole job on this show. We actually open 
after that scene of Melissa and Danielle, we see Dolores talking to the chef, and we're getting ready for this backyard barbecue. But I could not believe that like all these side characters, like Melissa's family, and all these people just showed up to the shore house. I would have thought we would have gotten back in Jersey for the or back at our traditional locale in Jersey for the finale party. But here we were in the backyard of this Jersey Shore house. And not only that, it was the same day that Bill had to be like carried to sleep. It was the same day that they all got so wasted. And of course, I fell in love with Bill last week when he couldn't even stand upright. He had to be carried to bed. And we even see Frank Sr. Him and Joe Gorga were having some fun with some hot dogs. Frank Sr. was like putting a hot dog in Gorga's mouth. And they were doing some like very frat boy humor, but I, I was sort of charmed by it in a weird way. I, I don't know why. Normally that stuff would bother me, but for some reason, actually, who am I kidding? That stuff wouldn't bother me. It was very uh, fun to watch Frank Sr. put a hot dog in Joe Gorka's mouth. I, I enjoyed it. But uh, Melissa's family all arrives for this backyard party, and the sister's ready to throw it down. Melissa's sister is ready to beat a bitch up. She just arrived right, I don't know what her name was, I think it was maybe Kim or something. And I've been saying one of Melissa's sisters needs to join this show because they seem very spicy. I thought that in the past, too. In the past season, the sisters seemed spicy. So I don't understand why we're not having one of them join the cast, because I think they would be a good addition. They seem more spicy than Melissa is. Like, that girl showed up and she was like, who do I got to fight? Where's Danielle? Like, I'm ready to go. She says, I've been protecting Melissa my whole life. Let me know if I need to find this Danielle. So, you know, I'm interested in the sister, and ultimately the sister didn't have to throw down, but she seemed ready. If Danielle would have showed up, I believe that one of the Gorga sisters, or whatever you call them, whatever that maiden name is, I think one of them would have beat up Danielle, and that would have been fun to see at the Jersey Shore. Not that I condone physical violence, but uh, I would have maybe verbally thrown down when Danielle would have been the more interesting thing. But I'm very shocked that Bill's alive. He wakes up for this party, and he seems okay. But if if I were to gotten as drunk as Bill did, I don't think I would have been awake for this finale party. I'm not sure how they woke him up. If they had to put some smelling salts in front of his nose while he was asleep, but he woke up fresh as a daisy and seemed to be ready to film. Which that wouldn't have happened with me. When I'm out drinking and then I go to bed, I'm out for the count, and I get those two day hangovers. Now it's not even worth it for me to drink. I get a two day hangover. It's not interesting. I sleep for two days. And I can't do, I couldn't just wake up to film a scene, but here was Bill looking alive as ever, looking alive as ever. So then Melissa arrives back from her meeting with Danielle and everyone's like crowding around her. They all want to hear the story. Teresa looks so guilty right off the bat. And Melissa says, like, Danielle told me that not only did the shop owner tell Danielle to pull the hair, but also Teresa told her. And Dolores is just shaking her head because, you know, she's there to support Teresa. Dolores is just shaking her head. No, that didn't happen. That would never happen. No, 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 no. And then even Margaret was like, I don't believe that. That didn't happen. You're my friend. You would never do that. And then Dolores says, this is Danielle 101. And then Teresa, she admits it. Although she doesn't like flat out admit it. She just says, I was drinking. I didn't. Everything happened so fast. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that Teresa A admitted it because she normally doesn't get so forthcoming with you know, admitting things. So it was shocking to me that she's just like, well, I was drinking and it all happened so fast and maybe I did it. Um, Margaret immediately says, you're a real fucking asshole, she says. And then uh, 
Dolores is narrating the whole thing, of course. And then uh, Teresa just says, I hope they don't use this. And she used like a different voice. It was almost like Teresa has a different voice off camera because she said, I hope they don't use this. And then the the camera zooms out to all the camera people there, all the crew. We see the crew. They break the fourth wall. And Teresa gets so pissed. She flicks off the camera. She throws her drink and she walks away. It was a moment. It was. It reminded me of that Vicky moment of Vicky imploding, and it's almost like they expect not to show this. And Teresa's like, "I don't want them to show this." And everyone says, Melissa says, Dolores says, they're going to use this. And the OGs are all imploding, and I like this whole idea because it's adding just an interesting element to these shows that I feel like they've been missing. And the more that Bravo allows that fourth wall to be broken, and the more that that happens, it's just going to be a more interesting show, I believe. And we're entering how many years? We're entering our second decade with these shows. So I think we do need to do something to spice things up. And that's the perfect thing. I'm very excited about this whole thing. Teresa says, you guys are fucking assholes. I'm going home. And then that's when we cut to Teresa going into another room. She slams the door. And Jennifer goes to talk to Tree. And uh, Teresa's not even interested in Jennifer talking to her. She says, leave me the fuck alone. And that's when Dolores just appears out of nowhere. She's on the stairs and she's like, give her a minute. It's like, Dolores, where'd you even come from? Like, I thought it was just Jennifer there trying to get a chat out of Teresa. And then the camera zoomed out, and Dolores was just right there by Teresa's side. She's nothing but loyal, that Dolores. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, Teresa says she's calling an Uber to go home. And meanwhile, Margaret's in the backyard at this barbecue, and she's just telling everyone uh, about this, how she feels and everything, but while she's eating a burger. I can't believe she did that to me. And then she would like take a bite of her slider. <laughs> There's not many housewives that in the middle of all this drama and a finale party would just be talking about what happened while eating a burger. And there were certain points of this finale where I felt like they were making a bigger deal out of Teresa telling Danielle to pull the hair than they should have. Does that make sense? Like it sort of felt like they were building it up. Like I can't believe Teresa did that. And I sort of was like, well, it's not that big of a deal. And then also, I think one of the things that threw me off was Margaret telling the story about how upset and offended she was at Teresa while she was casually eating a burger. I'm like, I don't know how to quite feel about this because the words that you're telling me are saying that this was such a huge deal. You can't believe it happened, blah, blah, blah. But then the actions are you eating a slider. And so that just didn't match up to me. And I, I don't know if everyone is like told to make a big deal out of it. But also, I still maintain that Margaret did have some culpability in this whole thing because she did pour the drink on Danielle. Like she poured the drink. And if somebody poured a drink on you, like what the fuck are you going to do? I'm not saying you should just beat someone up, but it's sort of self-defense, isn't it? I believe it's a little bit of self-defense. If somebody pours a drink on you, I'm not sure what the law constitutes that as like if it's assault or what, but maybe we need to get Phaedra Parks Esquire on the line and find out like where the legality stands. Um, but if someone's just throwing a drink on my head, I'd say, well, you know, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Just like, uh, Dol- <laughs> just like Dorinda when she was drunk in Cartagena. What the fuck's going on? Anyway, <laughs> then, we, then we cut to Teresa calling Danielle. Danielle says, don't be mad. And then that's when Teresa basically breaks up with Danielle, which we all knew was coming. There was no way that this relationship was going to last between Tree and Danielle because I don't believe they ever really liked each other. I think Teresa, in an effort to make the show good, 
was like, you know what? I'll pretend to be friends with Danielle. As long as Danielle doesn't turn on me, I feel like they made a back uh, backdoor deal where Teresa says, look, I'll let you come back on the show. I'll pretend you're my friend. As long as you never get crazy towards me, get crazy towards everyone else, get crazy towards Dolores, get crazy towards Margaret, get crazy towards my sister, Melissa, whoever you want to get crazy towards, do it. But don't do it to me, and that'll keep you on the show. And it was only a matter of time until Danielle threw Teresa under the bus, right? Like, Danielle, I don't think, has any control over those emotions of hers, and that's why she makes such great reality TV. But it was only a matter of time before she did something to Tree, and she finally did. And so, of course, now their relationship is breaking up. And I'm a little bit concerned for the show. I think we're going to need next season a new wild card. We're going to need one or two new cast members because I think with the cast the way it is now, I'm not sure we could do another season of this. And so I hope that we either make some changes or bring in some new people. I would love to see Caroline back. I know a lot of you would not, but I think we're going to need like an aggressive shift here because if they keep the cast the same, I think it's going to be rough. Uh, But Teresa says she wants to sit down with Margaret. So there's a lot of this like telephone tag where they like go to Margaret in the backyard while she's eating the slider and they're like, hey, will you sit down with Teresa? She's like, okay, hold on. I need to get some coffee. Margo's, I don't know if she was getting tired or what, but she needed a cup of coffee before she chatted with Tree. And we even see her like going to make the coffee. And again, it's like that contradiction where Margaret's so upset. She wants to talk to, uh, hash it out with Teresa and hear her apology. But then she's like, I got to make this cup of coffee first. And we see her like making a fancy cup of coffee. I need my coffee. <laughs> my Margaret impression is terrible. Uh, I've written you letters. I'm sorry. Okay, that was the last time I'll do that Irish accent. Um, but then we cut to Teresa and Margaret sitting down. Again, Margaret's sort of wrong in this, but they they make up in a way, but they leave it open-ended. It's like they make up enough that we're going to be fine on camera. But didn't some of this stuff feel a little actory? I know we're, we talk about this a lot on these shows, but something about this whole episode before the Joe Judice stuff, be, uh, felt a little actory to me. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, Margaret and Teresa sort of make up. In the backyard, the rest of the cast then cheers to Teresa not being friends with Danielle anymore. The rest of the cast is uh, rightfully so excited that Danielle's not going to be around them anymore. But I don't think they realize that with Danielle not around, that means some of them aren't going to be around either because we're not going to keep all of them. I don't believe. I don't think we're going to keep the cast the way it is. I think maybe Jackie could go. I think maybe Melissa could be downgraded to a friend of. I think Dolores, she should be a little concerned. I think that we're going to have a change in store for next season. And so seeing the whole cast minus Tree cheersing to the fact that Danielle's not going to be around anymore, I said, hold up, ladies. Let's not cheers quite yet. Let's step back for a minute and let's really think about this because without Danielle jump-starting the drama, we're going to have to get rid of Samia. So maybe this isn't something that cheers. Then I'm thinking like, okay, we're going to get back to New Jersey. We're going to have some more drama, maybe a sit down with Danielle or something. But just as I'm thinking about it, we get title cards. We get title cards already, which happens at the end of these episodes. But it was weird. We weren't even, I think we were 20 minutes into the episode and we were getting the the title cards. So we were getting the season wrap ups with these people. And Jackie, her wrap up was that her twins turned nine and like Jennifer wasn't invited to the birthday party or something. And look, 
I sort of like Jackie this season, but I'm not sure I need any more of her because I, what did she, what was going on? What more do we have of her storyline? I was very invested this season in her eating disorder stuff. I like the stuff with her dad, but I'm just not sure where we go from here with Jackie because it seems like she's getting along with everyone. And I like her, I think, as a person. But I, I don't know. Her season wrap-up card, like her twins turn nine. I didn't even know she had twins. I knew she had the kids. And that's on me. But I didn't even know they were twins. I didn't know they were twins. They said her twins turn nine. I'm like, who? Who turned nine? Like, have we seen them before? I I know they've been sort of in the background of her scenes, but that was surprising to me. Then we see Dolores. Her title card was pretty sad. It said, David's house is completed, but now he's living with Dolores and Frank. Dolores can't get him to move out or purchase a ring. And Dolores' title card read like a, a review of a Bad Dane Cook movie, because it was just like, what is going on, Dolores? You're with this David guy who moved in the house? And now you can't get rid of him, and he's not proposing. I'm like, get out of that situation, Dolores. We need you to, I think, dump this guy, David, because he doesn't seem like he's interested in settling down. He also doesn't seem like he's someone who just wants to be on the show or anything like that, because we barely saw him. But what's happening here? What's going on? I'm very open to all sorts of new types of modern families, if you will, but this seems like fishy to me. And I feel like, I don't know, these men aren't committing to Dolores, and she's okay with it. And I think the thing that's bugging me is, I believe that Dolores doesn't want a commitment from these men, and they're just not giving it to her, and so that's upsetting to me. Then Melissa's title card at the end, her finale thing, is like that she hired an au pair. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? She hired a babysitter? Is that what the whole thing is? Isn't that what an au pair is? Maybe I'm getting that wrong, but... So that's her season wrap-up, that she hired a babysitter? And we had to sit through all those fucking scenes of Melissa contemplating whether or not she wanted a fake child again. And now her wrap-up card is that she hired a babysitter. She hired a babysitter. That was it. The whole season. That was her arc. That was Melissa's Gorga's arc throughout the season, that she hired a babysitter. And then also, I think it said, like, Joe wanted to fuck her or something. It was like, Joe wanted Tarzan to come out or... It's like, oh, okay, so your season-long arc was that you hired a babysitter and your husband wants to fuck you. Like, that's it? That's what we got here out of Melissa? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I maintain the fact that I think Melissa should be a friend of. I think Joe would still be around as much as he is now because Joe's the one who really gives it to us, right? And we could still. I still want Melissa around. She's beautiful to look at. I like her. I just don't know that we need her as a main housewife. That's my only point. I, I've said that on the show before, and people came after me a little bit. And I still want to say that I like Melissa. She should still be on the show. I'm just not sure we need a, another arc of her hiring a babysitter. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, then Margaret's is, her title card is that she settled her lawsuit. And I was ha- I'm happy that she settled the lawsuit. It, the lawsuit thing sort of felt like a non-starter too this season. I'm not sure if it's because we have a, a shortened amount of episodes on New Jersey. But sometimes on Jersey, I feel like they present us storylines and then they either don't wrap up at all, or they just leave sort of open-ended or it feels like we're missing something because the lawsuit stuff started at the beginning of the season as if I believe it was going to be like a main storyline, and then it just sort of ends. And that's how Melissa's fake baby was, too. So, I don't know. Meanwhile, Teresa's just rocking in the chair on the porch. So, we're getting a wrap-up for all these women, and Teresa's just rocking in that chair. She's just rocking, rocking, rocking. And then... I'm waiting for the title card. We don't get it from Teresa. We get a five months later 
five months later, Joe Giudice, he is leaving ICE. He's going to Italy. And they show us a clip of that awkward Watch What Happens Live interview. And then we see Teresa in Italy. And I wonder, Bravo must have paid a pretty penny for this. <laughs> That's hard to say. Bravo paid a pretty penny for this. Because uh, they all went away for the weekend, Teresa and the girls. And they meet Joe there. And I wondered how much they had to pay for them to do this. Was it a separate fee? Joe Giudice was on camera. They must have paid him. How much did they pay? Did they just pay for the trip? Did they pay him a stipend? What did they pay? That hotel they stayed at didn't look like a dump, but it certainly didn't look like something you put the leads of your show in. You know what I mean? Like normally, I would imagine a hit show on a network would send their actors, their cast members into a nice place, but this place sort of looked like a place that any of us would stay in, right? It looked like a decent place. So I wonder, was that set up by production? Was that set up by Joe and Teresa? But we see them all in Italy. It was very nice. We got a flashback to their trip in 2010 that we saw on uh, the show earlier. The girls were so excited. I was sad about the girls. I just feel like those girls have been through so much. The youngest one is only 10. Well, she's 10 years old. Ah, breaks my heart. I did like their Gucci wear, though. Do you notice they were all wearing the Gucci sweatshirts? And Tree had the Gucci shirt. I loved their I loved the Gucci. They were wearing it was really chic, casual chic, casual chic. And Teresa, right when she saw Joe, she clearly hates him. She hates him. They all met the cousins for dinner when they arrived, and I was so focused on that dinner. We saw the slices of cheese, we saw the pasta, everything looked amazing. They were serving on those paper plates, and it looked amazing. It elevated those paper plates. Uh, let me tell you something cheese will elevate a paper plate. You could throw cheese on anything, and it'll elevate it. You don't have to get some fancy dinnerware if you're serving cheese, because if you got cheese on that plate, it's elevated. And no one's looking at the dinnerware. So if you're having a party, I'd like us all to take that in mind. If you're having a house party, you have a bunch of people over, you don't need to invest in very fancy dinnerware. You don't need to serve your good china. Your, you don't need to serve the good stuff. Because if you got cheese on that menu, no one's looking at anything. No one's looking at anything else. That cheese looked amazing. That slice of mozzarella. Oh, you guys. The pasta, oh, oh, chef's kiss. Mona, me. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Teresa, too, as she was sitting there, I don't know if you guys noticed, but she was making a lot of noises. And Teresa does this a lot in scenes. It's just, she's just like, eh. Eh. She's just making some noise while she was sitting there. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't like Teresa looked at the cheese and was like, mmm. You know, I would have understand that noise. She, she was just sitting there, and I don't know if, Somebody needed to, uh, I don't know, fix her or something, but she was like, eh. <laughs> I loved it. It was such an awkward dinner, though, because, again, she hates Joe. She had such awkward conversation, and they go back to the hotel, and there was this weird thing where they were, like, gonna sleep together, but they didn't. I, I thought it was chilling TV. Just watching Joe Giudice, he didn't want to leave the room. He's like, should I stay here? And he, she's like, I haven't seen you in four years. And then he decided to leave, and he was drinking the wine. Oh, it was so awkward. It was such, I thought, fantastic TV. Bone-chilling to me. Bone-chilling. Then the next day, they all go shopping. They go shopping. They go sightseeing. They're jewelry shopping at one point, and then Joe Giudice comes up to Teresa, and he goes, do you like those, uh, a pair of earrings or something? First of all, I'm thinking, how is he going to pay for that? You know, Joe is not in the place to be buying anyone earrings. Then uh, Teresa says, no. Flat out says no. I was so proud of Teresa for finally 
I've been wanting Teresa to stick up to this guy forever because he really has put her through hell. And I'm not saying she's innocent in all this. Please, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I do feel like this man's maybe been an asshole. He's been an asshole to her. We even see the footage of her calling her the see you next Tuesday. (laughs) I can't say the word see you next Tuesday without thinking of James Kennedy doing a DJ night. In the year 2020, (laughs) in the year 2020, where America's seemingly been woken up to all these injustices, we do have a man on Vanderpump Rules hosting a night called See You Next Tuesday. But again, that's neither here nor there. The point is, we do see a flashback of Joe calling her this on the phone with somebody else. And we have all these cheating allegations. He, he put her in jail. Like, there's been things that Joe has done. And again, not, Teresa's not innocent. She also put herself in jail. So let me just say that. Because I know people always attack me when I say that. I don't mean Teresa's innocent. But this man is not good. And Teresa's finally sticking up to him. She says, do you like those necklaces? No. Later on in the episode, he asks to take a picture with her. He's like, Tree, you and me get in a picture. And she's like, no. I was so happy. I was so happy. Although it was sad to see we saw a flashback of them getting along. Like, it was a montage of them having good times together. And I'm not really sure that they were that romantic. There was, like, one scene where he was making her dinner or something, but it it was pretty unromantic. Right? Like, it was a weird, it was a weird montage, but they did at least get along. And that's sad to me that this marriage of over 20 years is now done. It's all done. We got a lot of crying scenes too when they were at dinner. The whole family cried. I cried when they, when they cry, when the little girls cry, I cry. How do you look at a little girl on camera and not cry along with them? Then, uh, we have to end this. Uh, they all have to pack. They get back to the hotel. Uh, Joe is drinking a lot of wine and he sits down with Tree. And Tree's so upset with him, she even gets mad that he's, like, swirling the wine. You could see she's just livid inside with this man. She hates him. She hates him, hates him, hates him. And she says to him, look, we can't stay together. You live in here, and I live in America. And Teresa says to us in her confessional, you marry you marry someone, and they're supposed to protect you. She said, I trusted you, and you screwed me. And then Joe says in response to that, that it was a bogus crime. And it's like, Teresa was right in her confessional. She said, he's not taking accountability for what he's put the family through. And I feel that way too. I'm like, Joe, like, take responsibility. I know you went and served your time, but now you're still saying that it was a bogus crime. Well, it was still a crime. And also, you were the one who never got citizenship in the U.S. And then he even blamed it on Teresa earlier in the season. And so it's like, even for that little bit, like, you should take responsibility and say, you know, I fucked up. I should have, for the sake of my family been responsible enough to to get citizenship or to not do all these illegal business dealings or whatever, put him in jail. I'm not sure of the specifics. We're going to have to get Phaedra Parks Esquire on the line for the specifics. But the point is, he did some things that he should take responsibility for. And they ended by sort of ending it. But for a minute, I thought they left the door open. But then we got the thing, uh, the title screen came up and said they were separated after 20 years. So I guess it's done. And I believe that it was done way before this, but I think that the two of them thought, we'll make some money, we'll film this scene in Italy. But I don't think Teresa will ever go back to Italy. We do know that the girls have visited Joe over Christmas, and I don't think Teresa will ever go back. Maybe one time on camera or something, but I think for the most part, Teresa's done with Joe. And I don't think we'll ever see them together again. Because Joe's not coming to America, and Teresa's not going to go to Italy again. I think this was her last straw. I think she's probably emotionally moved on. 
she didn't even seem like she was that sad when she was with Joe. So I believe that they knew this was over and it was done. She, I, I believe also that she's moved on to someone else and she's probably dating someone else. I'm very excited to see her date someone on camera. I think that's going to be a very interesting thing. D- Teresa, this could have been her last episode. Like it was, it wrapped up her storyline. It wrapped up her relationship with Joe. But that said, I do want to see her dating. I want to see what happens to Teresa next. But if this was Teresa's last episode, I think that would have been a great wrap up for her because we got closure. Seems like Teresa has moved on. Uh, I don't think this show goes on without Teresa. Unfortunately, I think this is a Teresa show more than any other franchise in the Housewives world. This is a show that relies on Teresa, and I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I think Teresa gives us good TV, but I do think that we need more balance. And I always say that's why I think Caroline should come back, because when Caroline was on the show, it was very much Manzo's and the Gorga stuff. And somehow, none of the new people have really been able to take uh, some of the spotlight away from Teresa. We, I think Margaret and Jennifer, they're, they're great additions. But it still feels like the Teresa show. We haven't gotten a star in the same way uh, that we have with someone like Caroline. Or I know people are going to drag me for that. I know people hate her. I get it. But I think we need balance. And so I'm not sure what they do. Maybe also bring in a new star. Maybe they make a new star. Let's make someone a star. Let's do it. This is showbiz, baby. <laughs> showbiz. Let's make a star. Um, anyway, the end of the episode, we see the girls cry. They leave at 3 a.m. They all cry again. So sad that these girls have to go through. So, so sad. But that's the finale of Jersey. Next week's The Reunion. I'm very excited. I have to say, when I was on Watch What Happens Live, I was talking to Andy backstage, and he said The Reunion's so, so good. So, I, do, I don't feel like he was bullshitting me either, because it wasn't on camera or anything. He was just telling me about how good it is. And so, I think we're in for a treat. I hope we are. I think that Danielle's stuff, which we see in the preview where she like won't come out unless she's sitting next to Andy, I think that's going to be the stuff that's good. So I'm excited. I don't know if that'll happen in part one or part two or three, but I do like when these women try to wield their power because I think they think they're huge stars, which to us they are. But in the grand scheme of things, like we're, it's not Julie Roberts. Like Danielle Staub is not Julie Roberts. And <laughs> I should get t-shirts made that say Danielle Staub is not Julia Roberts. But uh, <laughs> I think sometimes these women on these reality shows or any on any of the reality shows on Southern Charm or Vanderpump, any of these people... I think sometimes they forget maybe that they're reality stars and they're not, uh, they don't have any discernible talents. <laughs> there's like, not that they don't have talents, but there's a million people that could come in and we can make a star out of just about anyone on these shows. So, you know, Danielle's wielded her power, but we can get someone messy in. We've, we've met lots of messy women over the years. We can get someone new in, but I'm very excited to watch it unfold to watch uh, what happens. I'm very excited. So that's the end of New Jersey. What a season, you guys. I've liked the season. Although with Jersey, I always feel like it ends abruptly. But in, I guess that's sort of good. It makes you want more because some of these other franchises, they go on way too long. Beverly Hills will always be like 27 episodes or something. And by the end of the season, I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Like, this is going on too long. So Jersey, every season lately, it feels like it ends abruptly. But that's sort of Jersey's bag. That's what they do. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash everything iconic. So uh, we got to talk about Atlanta. She has tried to fight me, called me names. Oh, She's she cursing me out. On, yes. She got in my face pointing and people had to hold her back. I can't. You shut the up. You shut the up. You shut the up. You shut the up. A lot of people get people's face. I don't mean they want to fight. Uh, I'm but anyway, are you anyway. about semantics? I am your wife, and if I have a problem with someone, that means you have a problem with someone. Get it? Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. We last week had Eva uh, going into the hospital. She's about to burst. She's ready to burst. This week we open on a montage of her eating ice chips, and that reminded me of a time in uh, very recently. In recent memory, when I lived in an apartment here in LA that had no central air, as many apartments do, I couldn't afford an apartment with central air. So I lived in this place that it was a dump, but I couldn't afford the central air places. So I had this place and I put in a window air unit and I had this old man manager. His name was Alan and he was not a nice man. So I don't feel bad talking about this, but Alan wouldn't let me keep the air window air unit, which I don't know if you guys have ever been to LA, but it gets very hot here in the summertime. So I literally would just sit in that place and sweat. Like I was dehydrated at every minute of the day. I was never not dehydrated that whole year that I lived there because he wouldn't let me put on the air unit. And so I couldn't have any, I just have a fan on me. And if I wasn't sitting directly in front of that fan six inches away, 
then I was just completely like dried lipped in the corner in a fetal position because I was dehydrated. It was a rough year of my life, but that's what I would have to do. I'd have to get literally cases of ice chips that would be in my freezer and I have to fill up cups and just eat them. So when Eva was doing that, I was like, you know what? I get it, girl. She's on bed rest. And I understood. I was like, I understood the ice chips. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant, of course, but um, yeah. Then we cut to Cynthia. She's reading Mike's book proposal. So she says on camera that she's reading Open Mike, which is the name of his book, this Mike. Open mic. But she was reading the proposal, and so this led me to believe that this was all very staged. And I've already been getting a little skeptical of Cynthia lately, and seeing her read the proposal and tell us it was the book just made me think, what's going on here? What's going on with this whole book situation? I feel like they'd set this up before the season started, because she's reading the proposal, and she said the book was done, but she needed to read the book. Maybe she got confused, but it was clearly a proposal, and a proposal is something you sell the book with. So what happens in the book world is that you have an idea for a book, you have to write a proposal, you give that to your book agent, and then the book agent takes that out to publishers. And so that they'll take it to a publisher and say, hey, are you interested in this book? And they'll show the publisher the proposal of the book. The proposal includes things like how you would market the book, and it includes things like the the chapter titles and stuff, but it's not the book. It's like you're trying to sell the book. And so that's what she was reading. And so I wondered if the timeline didn't add up, because if he had the book done, she would have read the book, not the proposal. Because the proposal comes way before the book. Way, way before the book. And so that was a little bit of a red flag to me. And also this Mike's got a million red flags. Too many red flags, if you ask me. He's not faithful. She reads in the proposal about all these times he's cheated. She even confronts him about it. And he says, yeah, if I mess up, it's entirely on me in this marriage. If you and I get married, Cynthia, it's all on me if it ends. And it's like, no shit. But also, why does he keep cheating on people? (sighs) Cynthia says in her confessional, this will be my second marriage, and in my heart, it's my last. And there's too many red flags with this Mike guy. He's got all the girlfriends. He's cheated on everyone. I don't like this guy. At first, I liked him, but now I'm not liking this Mike. I'm not into him. The way he was talking about his relationships in front of the daughter with about the ex-mom last week or two weeks ago, I'm not liking this Mike. And there's too many red flags. Cynthia, get out of this. But these men in... I'm getting so mad at all these men in Atlanta that Mark treats Kenya poorly. I'm not into Todd right now. Greg Leakes is the only one I'm liking at this point. Greg Leakes, who's just kind of lurking around every corner. But then there's also rumors about him in the blogs. I'm not sure if those are true. These men in Atlanta, these they need to treat these women like the queens that they are. These Atlanta women are queens, icons, and legends. And I don't like to see them with these men who are just a bunch of assholes. They're not good men. I'm not sure what's going on at Bravo headquarters, but it seems like we're having trouble finding good men. And I don't know if I need to get in there and just uh, do the casting for them, but it seems like on all of our shows, we get on Southern Charm, we got the Sheps, we on Vanderpump Rules, we got the Jaxes, we got all these men on Bravo that just are not good to the women. And then the women are just all so wonderful. <sighs> I, I, know, I guess some of the women, of course, can they be monsters? Sure. But... I support other women, and I don't like these men. On Vanderpump Rules, they're all gaslighting the women against Sheena. I'm not into it, you guys. Not into these men. And Candy. Candy with Todd. I'm turning on Todd. I used to like Todd. 
We're getting some very hardcore transition music on Atlanta. I don't know if you guys caught this when we cut to Candy, but it was very uh, hardcore rap music, and I was into it. I would have downloaded it on Spotify, iTunes, wherever I could hear it. But it was just a new, a new kind of song, and I'm, I'm interested in what the music budget uh, on Atlanta is, because it seems like it's great. But Marlo calls Candy, and Marlo saved in Candy's phone as Marlo Hampton News? Marlo Hampton News which was interesting to me. It was interesting to me. Why is it news? Is Marlo calling Candy every day with a news update? Like, what's... <laughs> I imagine Marlo just calling with, like, a morning report of news. Like, hey, Candy, here's what's happened in Atlanta. And I'm not sure if that's the deal they made with each other, but I, I'm into it. Marlo Hampton News. I kept rewinding. I was like, am I seeing that wrong? Is it blurry? I, maybe I read it wrong, but it looked to me like Marlo Hampton News. News. Maybe Marlo Hampton should be a newscaster. Let's get her on CNN, or I wouldn't mind seeing her run the debates. Get her and moderate a debate. This last Democratic debate, I didn't think the moderators did such a great job. I would have loved to have Marlo Hampton in there. I quite frankly think she could have done a better job. It was a whole clusterfuck, this last Democratic debate, and I'm not interested in getting into politics while we're talking about our Atlanta housewives, but I would like to say that Marlo Hampton should run a debate. I think she would do a great job. She wouldn't take any bullshit. I, let's give her. Let's give her a chance. Let's give her a shot. It couldn't be any worse than what it just was. It certainly could not be any worse. I think Marlo Hampton would keep those people accountable. I'd love to see her to go up against Bernie, uh, Joe Biden, all the whole gang. Let's see her talk to Elizabeth Warren for a sit down. I want to see her view. I want to see her grill Amy Klobuchar. Let's see what uh, her and Mayor Pete have to talk about. Mayor Pete's got a problem with the black vote. Let's uh, sit her him down with Marlo Hampton. See what happens. I think that's uh, what we need to to happen. But anyway, Marlo and Candy talk about uh, this kickball thing that is going to be happening. Kenya's throwing it, and I wasn't very excited. I wasn't very excited about a kickball event because I thought, I don't know, sports? That's going to be weird. But then when we got to the kickball, I was loving it. I was loving the kickball. And then we had more sports later on the episode with Bolin. We had so much sports ball this episode, and I didn't think I would like it, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. I want to see these women do more sports. I want to see them play basketball, baseball, anything you want to show me. And I felt that way last week on Vanderpump Rules when we saw Kristen Doty in a batting cage. And now I'm realizing this whole network should just shift into an ESPN offshoot. That's what I think I need to see uh, going forward on Bravo, just have them play sports. I don't even think I need any more drama. I just need to see people who aren't athletic trying to be athletic. Seeing Candy run to a base? Uh, I've never been happier. She was running to first base and somebody, uh, Kenya threw a ball at her. And I thought, this is the television I want in the future. This is the future of TV. And I think Bravo needs to grab hold of this shift and throw these women to some more arenas, into some more sports balls, because I think it'll be great TV. I think it'd be great TV. Anyway, back to Candy on the phone. She then talks to Kenya, and she's doing a FaceTime call, and Kenya's boob just came out. Candy's like, your areola's out. And I don't know what's going on with these Atlanta women if they need some more boob tape. But they're all getting blurred out as if they're Tamara Barney Judge on an episode of The Real Houses of Orange County. They're all getting their boobs blurred out. I mean, it's truly shocking. We had that one scene where Nini's just walking around with the tit hanging out. And God bless it. I love watching it. It's... uh, None of them are even noticing. It's like the whole boob's out, and they don't even feel the draft or anything. And I'm not sure if they need more tape. I'm not 100% certain on how boobs work, right? I know how the dicks work. I don't, I'm don't. i not too versed on a boob. 
But I do think that you might feel a draft. Like if I'm not wearing underwear, I would feel a draft on my dick. Excuse the language here. I apologize for the vulgarity, but I would feel a draft. And it seems to me like these women, they're on camera and they're just not even noticing the whole boobs out. And it's beautiful. And Candy was just so casual about it. She's like, hey, your areola's out. (laughs) And we're on camera. There's literally a whole Bravo crew here and you're just have a one boob all the way out. I don't know if Candy, Candy had both boobs out or what, but anyway, Mark, we got to talk about Mark. He's seemingly really close with Greg, but Kenya hates Nini. And Kenya, it's, we talk about it later in the episode, but Kenya seems to back down with this Mark so much. And I don't like it because Kenya's such a strong personality, such a strong, confident, woman when it comes to anyone else. But then when she's around Mark, she turns into mush. And I know she's trying to save her marriage because there's all these problems, but I don't like the way that Kenya just backs down to this Mark. And Mark's not supporting her. Because I do think in a relationship, you should support each other. And if the other person hates someone, I think you just have to hate that person too. I believe I agree with Portia said it later in the episode. She said, look, if I hate someone, Dennis isn't asking questions. He's hating them too. And I think that's kind of how it's supposed to go. Like, I think you need to support your match. You could still be civil with them in public and all of those things. But I think if Matt hates someone, my boyfriend, if he hates someone, then guess what? I'm going to have to hate him too. Whether or not I do. It's just called support. It's called marriage support. And if I hate someone and Matt's going out with them or texting them or something, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be happy. I need that person. Just like my best friend, too. My best friend, Jill, if she hates someone, guess what? I'm going to have to hate him, too. I'm going to have to hate him, too. That's how friendships work, too. And so it's interesting to me, though, that Mark is just like so pro Nini and Greg when his wife hates them. Hates them. So then we have this kickball scene. And I was very worried. Eva showed up. She said uh, Dr. Jackie said she could show up. But I was still very worried with her there because it wasn't like she was behind a fence. She was behind a little maybe corridor or, I don't know, a little ledge. But I didn't want her to be around these balls that were just flying around. Too many balls flying around. And she needs to worry about that baby. And I wanted her safely. She was safe. She made it through the episode. But I do feel like Eva is just showing up to these events because she wants to be on camera. And I just want her to be safe. I want that baby to be safe. Uh, anyway, Kenya and Candy are the team captains. Portia was picked last, which was just, I don't know, made me laugh. I was having so much fun, you guys. I was just having so much fun the whole kickball scene. I loved it. Loved every second of it. I'm not even sure why. Just loved it. Uh, after kickball, it's revealed that they're going to be taking a group trip to Greece. And I was wondering if they were inviting all those randos, because there were so many randos at this kickball event. And it's always weird to me when they do the cast uh, group trip invites, because it was like, I don't think Shamia is going to Greece. Like, Bravo's not footing the bill for Shamia to go to Greece. I don't believe. Maybe she goes there. Maybe uh, she is going there. I'm not sure. But I don't believe that Bravo's footing the bill for all these women that were playing kickball. There was all sorts of extras there. There was like Shamia. I think Cynthia's sister Mal was there. There were so many people. And they all sit down after the game. And I, I, Kenya or Kenya and Candy were like, we're going to go to Greece. You're all invited. And, but it's like, we know they're not invited. So why did they do the group trip? With all these randos there. Anyway, then we cut to Nini's house. Uh, Greg's always lurking around the corners. He's giving me te- Ken Todd vibes. Like, he's always lurking around a corner, Greg. And I like Greg, but it's like he's just lurking around that house. It, it just shocks me. He's, it scares me every time. Every time he arrives on screen, he's just slowly walking around a corner. 
at a snail's pace. And I know he's had some health issues, so he moves a little bit slower, but it's always like, I go, whoa, like I get scared. Like somebody just popped out of nowhere because Greg just slowly kind of lurks into frame. And it's very Ken Todd. It's very Ken Todd. And you guys know I've been turning on Ken Todd. You know, I used to hate him and now I'm starting to like Ken again. I'm not proud of that. It is what it is. I'm just living my truth here. But uh, they lurk. They're lurkers. And maybe it's an age thing, too. I know Greg's not that super healthy, but it's also a little bit of an age thing. Like, some of the younger men, they just have a little bit more uh, pep in their step. But Greg's lurk. Greg has no pep in his step. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, Nini and Greg are talking, though, and they mentioned Portia. And I want Nini and Portia to be friends again. It's revealed that Kenya posted about the uh, event, the bowling event that they're going to be doing later in the episode that she posted about on social media, and she tagged everyone but Nini. She even tagged Greg. Greg was tagged in the thing. So then we have a little montage of scenes. We see Riley doing something on camera for childhood obesity, which I think it's great that Riley's doing something charitable and raising awareness for child obesity. I was an obese child, so I appreciate it. But I also just would like to remind everyone that Riley does not want to be on camera. So I'm not sure that she should be the spokesperson for anything, really, because I don't think Riley wants to be in front of a screen. And she always looks like she's being held captive in front of a camera. And so I'm proud of her for sticking up for this organization or whatever she was doing. But I also would like them to find anyone else, literally anyone else, anyone else, because Riley doesn't want to be there. Riley can make a silent donation to whatever charity she wants. We know that she's got the money. Candy put her up in that nice New York apartment at 16 years old. So we know that Riley gets a good allowance, gets some good funds. So I would just like to say Riley should be raising awareness in other ways. She could maybe post on social media or something, but I don't know if she needs to do an on-camera campaign for anything, really anything. Uh, But we do see that, and I'm curious to see more of that. I just want to know, I want answers as to what this is, because it was like a quick little moment scene uh, about Riley talking about childhood obesity or something. I'm like, what's that? And then all of a sudden they cut to Eva doing a photo shoot for the baby, pregnant thing. And then all of a sudden we're with uh, swimming with Mark. We see Kenyan Mark swimming, we Mark swimming. And it's revealed when Mark is swimming with the baby that Mark and Todd were out until 6 a.m. They were out until 6 a.m. What do they do until 6 a.m.? There's nothing good comes after 2 a.m. The bars close uh, where I live at 2 a.m., and that's even too late to me. Especially when you're married with children. Todd's got a new baby on the way. What is Todd doing? What are they doing until 6 a.m. out until the Cubs? I don't believe they're doing anything good. I certainly don't believe that they're doing any, they're not raising awareness for charities like Riley is. That's for sure. They're at some strip clubs getting lap dances or whatever. And I, I don't support it. I know they keep telling us that that's sort of just what the men do or like that's what they do there. And, uh, that's not a good thing. Like maybe that we need to change that. Maybe we need to alter those rules a little bit because I don't need these men out till 6 a.m. when they got newborn babies in the house. Mark has a newborn child. Todd's got a bunch of kids, not a, you know, he's got the older kids and then he's got the little baby Ace and he's got a new baby on the way. So he does not need to be out until 6 a.m. While Candy, which she's probably home, like, taking care of the kids, writing hit songs. She's doing it all at home. And here's Todd just out till 6 a.m. And then Tom or Todd has the audacity. He has the audacity to then have problems with Candy doing the work she wants to do, acting and stuff like that. No, ma'am. Not okay. Not okay. 6 a.m.? What is he doing until 6 a.m.? Nothing. Nothing good is coming to that. And then, the whole next day's ruined. 
Because there's no way that Todd's coming home at 6 a.m. and then he's just up and at him taking care of the family and kids. Because you know he's got to take a nap. He's got to go to sleep at 6 a.m. when he gets home. It is not okay to me. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. Uh, anyway, then we have this bowling scene, which was great. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Portia and Kenya get into a little fight about calling Tanya a see you next Tuesday, which was interesting to me. It seems like Kenya and Portia, they're kind of on the downslope a little bit. They were so friendly at the beginning of the season, but I think that's going to end soon. I would imagine that their friendship really takes a dive uh, into the gutters. And I think, and I hope that Nini and Portia become friends again, but I think that's going to drive a wedge between Portia and Kenya. Although I do like the Portia-Kenya dynamic earlier in the season when they were friends, but uh, I think they're definitely going to be in trouble. Definitely in trouble. Um, Ken, uh, Nini, who wasn't invited to this bowling event, she shows up late, and she was nice to everyone. She gave Kenya a big hug. She says, hi, Kenya Moore. Look at those tit-tits, she said. <laughs> that's how she greeted Kenya. <laughs> I loved it. That's, that's what you get on Atlanta that you don't get on other, other franchises. You get Nini Leaks just walking into a scene saying, hi, Kenya, look at those tit-tits. And what a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Um, but she was being nice. Greg confronts Mark about the Instagram post. He says, you know, my wife is not on the link. He said, that's what he said in regards to Kenya posting an Instagram thing and not tagging Nini. He says, my wife is not on the link, which I don't believe that's the right verbiage, but God bless Greg for sticking up for the wife. At least give him that. He's maybe not quite uh, here in the year 2020, Greg. I mentioned earlier in the season, remember the doorbell rang and it was like one of those ring doorbells. And he's like, what's that noise? <laughs> like, didn't, <laughs> he didn't know what the doorbell was. It was like, <laughs> I just imagine Greg not, not being able to work anything in the house. Like, you know, he like doesn't know how to turn on the DVR. You know, he doesn't know how to hop on the internet. You know, if you're at Nini and Greg's house, like there's no way you're getting that Wi-Fi password. There's not a, a chance in hell. Their Wi-Fi password is just literally 75 letters and numbers squished together with no rhyme or reason, and no one knows it at the house. I bet you production shows up there to film, and one of the PAs is like, how do I hop online? And they're like, we don't know. (laughs) They probably don't even have the internet. But there's no way you're getting on their Wi-Fi. You have to hope to log into one of the neighbor's Wi-Fis, but there's no way you're getting on any leaks Wi-Fi, because Greg does not know that password or the name of it. Greg doesn't even know what Wi-Fi stands for. Not a chance Greg knows what Wi-Fi is. He doesn't know how the Ring doorbell works. He doesn't know how Instagram works. And he certainly doesn't know the Wi-Fi password. So, God bless that. God bless that. Um, Then Kenya, Mark, Nini, and Greg, they do this weird thing where they sort of make up. But uh, it's weird. It's awkward. They even did like this handshake thing that you would do, I don't know, with a group of friends in like middle school or something. They did like a... We're all friends now, but Kenya just is so mad. She's like livid that Mark is being so nice to Nini and Greg. And I was sort of mad at Mark for being so nice. I normally like when they're nice, but I thought, you're not supporting your wife. And they even mentioned that like Kenya turns into Ken when she's around Mark because she just gets so subservient to him. So subservient. Nini said she felt like Mark is like a principal. I felt bad for Kenya. I really did. I felt bad for Kenya. I feel like he's not supportive. Not supportive. Anyway, next week, uh, there's a baby event. We get some Tanya versus Kenya. And then we even get an appearance from Wendy Williams. We know that Nini and Wendy are friends now. 
And Wendy calls on the phone and I'm like, oh my God, we're getting a Wendy Williams appearance? Like, that's shocking to me. I have a very love-hate relationship with Wendy Williams. Sometimes love her. Then she's always says so many problematic things, like just nasty things. But that's the episode. That's the episode. So uh, I just want to say thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week, and then uh, we're going on tour, so get the tickets to the Dallas show. If you want, please find me on social media, at Danny Pellegrino, on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Danny. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. If you click become a patron, you could donate $4 more per month. You get access to the bonus episodes. More importantly, uh, you're helping to support this podcast. I do one bonus a month there. Thank you for all the support uh, for those of you that are over there. If you want the merch, go to everythingiconic.store. Cameo, if you want a cameo. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Let's do a little cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I just want to encourage you all today to do some self-care. Go light a candle. Go light a cool down candle. Just relax. I love you all so much for listening. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah.